Hi, I'm Kristen, and you're listening to A Public Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you through our social media at A Public Church or through our website, publicchurch.com. Thanks for listening. So thank you guys for joining us. We're live right here at 1030. Now, if you're watching later on, we're also glad you joined us. But thank you guys for commenting. We actually have people watching from Knoxville, Tennessee. We've got people from Georgia and we've got the Cass House specifically, Randy and Danielle, just to give you guys a little shout out. But we are just honored that you are with us. And for a lot of you guys, this is a family experience. So a shout out to the kids. And actually, if you're a kid, could you take a moment with your parents' permission and just give a shout in your living room to let us know you're watching? Parents, maybe you want to comment on that and let us know your kids are there and engaged. Or you can comment and say, Todd, that was a terrible idea. I just got them calmed down. Please don't ever do it again. We will take your refining. But thank you guys for joining us as we just dive in and, and, and continue to learn how we can navigate these uncharted waters together. So what I want to do is I want to take us on a trip down memory lane. I mentioned this briefly last week, but we want to return to our first gathering of 2020 as we kicked off a year and kicked off a new decade. And look, if you weren't here for that first gathering, we are so honored that you are here now. And for those of you who don't follow Jesus, I just want you to know that we are a church who is for you and Jesus is for you. And we hope that you feel and sense that during this talk and as you engage with our church during the season. So to kick off the new decade, we introduced the idea of a see-through church that we look beyond what everyone else is stuck on. The reality is it's easy for us to focus only on what's in front of us and miss what Jesus is trying to show us. So to illustrate that then, and I'll return to it now, I had these blue light glasses that Whitney got me for Christmas. And what these do is they block out the harmful blue light so that I can focus on my great work of writing a talk on my computer. And similarly, a see-through church, it's like a lens that we put on that allows us to see what Jesus wants to show us as we look beyond what everyone else is stuck on. And as we introduced that idea in January, honestly, I had no idea that Jesus was preparing us then for how to navigate these uncharted waters now. See, during COVID-19, it's easy for us to get stuck on some things and to be paralyzed and immobilized. So just take a moment and just answer this question. What am I stuck on during COVID-19? And like, if you're in your living room, just talk about it for a moment. Give us a comment. If you're by yourself, take just about 30 seconds, reflect, and then send us a comment. So what are we stuck on during COVID-19? I'll give us about 30 seconds. You know, I used to teach high school, so I'm good with awkward, but um, I'm not in the room with you, so that was even a little awkward for me. I hope it was just a moment for you just to talk as a family or to reflect as an individual and think about what are you stuck on? Perhaps you said uncertainty. You're wondering, am I going to be laid off this week? Sadly, that's a reality for some people in our church family, or maybe you were just going through Facebook or Instagram and you just landed here with us and, and you got laid off this week. I mean, that's a real circumstance for too many of us, and it doesn't look like that's going to stop. Maybe there's uncertainty around this question. Will I get COVID-19? You know, the thing about uncertainty is it breeds anxiety and fear as we begin to ask more questions. Um, well, am I going to be exposed? Even if I'm careful, will I be exposed to this? Will I get this? Am I going to lose someone 
that I love. As we begin to ask these questions, I think it becomes really clear that we're not just in a global pandemic. We are in a global crisis. So how does a see-through church respond in the midst of a global crisis? Well, the first time we went fully online on March 15th, we talked about the mindset of empathy. Perhaps we could say this, that we see through self-preservation and move to empathy. That that's what a see-through church does. That, that we refuse to just get stuck on our own circumstances, but we want to work to consider what others are going through. We think about what it's like to be a first responder or a medical professional. I mean, you guys are literally like warriors, to borrow a phrase from Courtney Bros, on the front line fighting this thing. We think about what it's like to be vulnerable, to be quarantined to be someone who's waiting on a test result and praying it's negative, or to be someone that already has COVID-19. And look, that's not just theoretical, that's real. We have people in our church family who are awaiting test results this morning. In fact, Colin Cook, our family's pastor, on Instagram Live Tuesday night, he talked about shame that he and his family felt when Sully, one of their sons, got tested. And Colin just did a great job of walking through why If that's you, you should not feel shame. And I loved his authenticity of just calling that out and helping us walk through that. So let's empathize with people. And to do that, we just want to take a moment and pray for those who are in circumstances different than ours. So Jesus, I pray for medical professionals from doctors and nurses to the custodians cleaning the facilities. I pray for first responders putting their lives at risk every day, but even more so in this time period. I pray for the vulnerable, those who are elderly or already have some type of disease. Jesus, I pray for people that are awaiting test results like the Cook family and others or or people that are already suffering from this disease. I pray for those that will be affected. Jesus, would you bring healing? Would you be with researchers? Would you bring a cure? And I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to know how we can love people no matter what role we're in. Help us to get beyond our circumstance and to empathize with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a see-through church in crisis, the first thing we do is we want to see through self-preservation and move to empathy. And last week we talked about we want to see through limitations and move to breakthrough. But this week, we really want to hone in on that idea of crisis. And so here's our big idea. We see through crisis and move to vision. See, in the middle of a crisis, it's easy for us to be immobilized, to get stuck on the fear and anxiety and uncertainty we talked about earlier. Maybe some of you are wrestling with a question that my wife Whitney has wrestled with, which is, what is my role? And I love that Whitney wrote a blog and was very authentic about just her struggle in that. And she's beginning to find her role. And maybe you're somewhere on that spectrum of struggling and going, I don't even know what to do. Or maybe you're beginning to find it and then things shift and they're like, ah, now what do I do? And that's tough. And in this time, it can be easy to become immobilized. But here's the thing about a vision. A vision mobilizes us. A vision raises our eyes to look beyond what we were previously stuck on so that we can see ways to come alongside people. In fact, in Proverbs 29, 18, says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, whether or not you follow Jesus, this wisdom literature resonates with us. We can get paralyzed without a vision, but a vision can energize us, can mobilize us. It can give us direction and purpose in the face of immense adversity. 
So if we see through crisis and move to vision, here's the question. What is the vision? So I want to tell you this morning that for public church, the vision has not changed. If I was in your living room, I'd probably be doing a lap around the recliner, maybe making my way back to a new seat right now. I mean, this fires me up to think about the vision is the same in this season and in any season. We develop a public church that invites people to embrace the journey of following Jesus. Here's why that fires me up, because a vision inspires It reminds us of our preferred future. It reminds us of the type of church that Jesus birthed us to be so that we can press on in adversity towards who God has literally created public church to be. The vision mobilizes us. For those of us who buy into the vision, our role in the midst of this crisis will be found in bringing that vision to life. Now, Some of you have been around for a few years, and I can just imagine that if I were in your living room, you're rolling your eyes and going, here Todd goes again. I can't count the number of times that he's had us read, develop a public church, invites people. He talks about vision all the time. I'm so over this. Can we, I thought maybe this new season would bring something fresh. Hey, I just want to challenge you. Vision leaks. If we don't recast the vision, hopefully in fresh ways, then we will lose it. And during these uncharted waters, we need the vision to guide us, to inspire and mobilize us, to give us direction so we can be the public church that Jesus has made us to be. So we think about what a public church, develop a public church. Here's something we say often, that that following Jesus is not a Sunday activity. It's an every moment lifestyle. Here's the good news. Our vision is not about a location, but an invasion. Our vision is not something that we just live out in a specific place on our campus. No, our vision is about an invasion, letting Jesus invade our every single moment. So we're a public church that invites people. Here's the thing. As we let Jesus impact our every moment, they are going to see an authenticity that compels them, that draws them in as they realize, man, these people are far from perfect, but there is no difference between how they live on campus and off campus. So our, our lack of hypocrisy, our authenticity will compel them, will draw them in and give us opportunities to tell them about Jesus. And then the final part, There were people, we invite people to embrace the journey of following Jesus. Here's what that means. It means that that's how we define a disciple, a Jesus follower. It's somebody, it's, excuse me, it's not somebody who's arrived because none of us have arrived, but it's someone who's continually embracing the journey of following Jesus. A lot of times that means steps forward and steps back, but we are on that journey. And specifically, following Jesus means that we are learning how to worship, connect, and serve wherever we are. The vision hasn't changed, and we see through crisis and move to vision. So today, what we want to do is we want to focus on the idea of how do we serve right where we are in this season? And I just want to give you a roadmap. On Wednesday, we're trying something new. It's called our Midday Focus. And we simply just want to join you in your everyday life. Like I will be live on Instagram and Facebook at noon. I just want to meet you on your lunch break, 10 minutes max, as we talk about how do we connect right where we are in this season? And then next Sunday on Palm Sunday, 
we talk about what maybe the most difficult aspect of living out our vision for many of us, which is how do we worship right where we are? And again, some of you may be thinking, oh my goodness, that's so old, I've heard it before. Man, let's lean in with a freshness because Jesus is gonna speak to us as we recenter on our vision. That's what we need to navigate these uncharted waters. So today, as we talk about how to serve wherever we are, we're gonna be in 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. 1 John is a letter written by John, one of Jesus' disciples, one of his closest friends. And this is a passage that's dear to our church. Our families, or excuse me, our campus pastor, Nathan Eaton, during our series, Families Matters, he actually spoke on some of these verses. And these verses can show us how a public church serves in this season, and honestly, really, in any season. So look with me at verse 16. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So the first thing we notice is that what Jesus does, he laid down his life, is the same thing that we do. We lay down our lives. In other words, Jesus is our pattern for how we serve. Now, some of you may be going, um, I didn't see the word serve in this. So, so why does, what does this have to do with serving? When it comes to the Jesus movement, we spell serve L-O-V-E. The way we serve people is by loving them like Jesus. You know, one of our Part of our phrase for this year is love defined. Jesus is love defined. He never gives us the liberty of coming up with our own definition of love because he's the essence. He is the definition of love. And John recaps that definition here as he says, hey, this is love. Look at Jesus. And the phrase we know is in the perfect tense in original language. And here's what that means. John is pointing us back to a specific historical event. And John is saying this, if you want to see love defined, look at the greatest display of love in human history, which is when Jesus died on the cross. So if you don't follow Jesus, earlier I said, we want you to know that we are for you and Jesus is for you. How do I know that Jesus is for you? (laughs) Because of what John wrote right here. Jesus proved that he was for you when he died for you and for me on the cross. And through his death, he offers us life. He offers us a vision in the middle of crisis. He offers to satisfy our soul level desires. He offers forgiveness from all of our many countless sins that we have done and that we will do in the future. This is the offer on the table. So I wanna ask you, do you want to follow Jesus? Do you wanna surrender to him (laughs) to find forgiveness, to find life in him? And if you do, just tell him, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. I wanna give my life to you. Will you forgive me? And look, if you make that decision, I just invite you to send us a message. We wanna rally around you because we're absolutely convinced that Jesus is gonna use COVID-19 to lead people to surrender to him, to, to forever change eternities. And we hope that that is you. So now for us Jesus followers, the last part of verse 16 says, we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Say, we gotta follow Jesus's pattern. And then John gets more specific in verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Look, John is absolutely brilliant. 
What he does in verse 16 is he says, hey, we should be willing to lay down our lives. And then in verse 17, he says, and we should be willing to serve in the everyday moments. Perhaps some of you grew up with a dad who said, man, I love you and I'm gonna protect you. Like if anybody tried to hurt you, I would give my life to protect you. And you were sitting there through your whole childhood going, man, that's awesome, dad, but I'd really like it if you would just come home from work and go out in the backyard and play with me. Man, that's so cool, dad, but I really wish that you would just listen to me as I talk about my struggles. And what you longed for is what John talks about, that yes, we can't have these grand displays of love saying, I'll lay down my life. But those grand displays of love are demonstrated in the everyday moments. I think if John were with us today, he would say this, how can you say you love Jesus if you're not willing to give someone a roll of toilet paper? I mean, that's real, but we have to think about that. That's the challenge that John puts before us. And then in verse 18, he says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. What does John say? He's saying, man, in this season and every season, our love, our serving must be active and authentic. He says, don't don't just say that you love someone. Don't just say that you serve them. Prove it by your actions. So what our team has been working on is a way to unleash us as a church to live out 1 John 3, 16 through 18, because that will bring our vision to life as we serve right where we are. And in fact, there's a special team that has been formed for this task. And what they are offering us is five COVID-19 surf teams, five teams for this season that we can sign up for and that we can be mobilized to impact our community through these teams. So if you have a free device, I invite you to go ahead and go to our public church app right now and you can pull out, the, click on the Google form and it literally lists these five teams. Because here's the challenge. We want you to fill out that Google form and tell us how you wanna serve. And then our role is to train, equip you and unleash you. And that training means talking about, here's how we do this sanitary. Yes, we're gonna walk through those things, but we, as a public church, we want to be unleashed to love people during this time. So here are the five teams. The thing I love about the first two is you don't have to be in Cleveland. You could be in California or North Dakota or on another continent to do these teams. So the first two teams are simply number one, encouragement team. We want to serve people in the realms of emotional health and mental health. That is a huge deal in this time of isolation and loneliness. So you can be a part of this team from literally wherever you are as you think about phone calls and text and mailing letters in a sanitary way, um, but just loving people who may be isolated at home. The second team is a virtual tutor team. Our local school systems are doing a great job serving our kids, trying to reach out and make sure that they're able to touch and educate every kid and we can come alongside them. In fact, Stewart Elementary is our partner and here's what they've asked for, virtual tutors. That, that we could come alongside parents who are suddenly way more involved in their child's education than they ever thought they would be through a virtual tutor. Again, can be done from wherever you are. Now, these next three, you need to be in around the Cleveland area. Number three is a delivery team. Kind of self-explanatory that we would be able to take prescriptions, that we would take food, whatever people need to those who are vulnerable, to those who are quarantined, to those who are affected and who have COVID-19. Fourth is our lawn care team. And that, again, is self-explanatory, being able to do lawn work for people who are elderly or who are just stuck inside and can't do it at this point. And then fifth is a food pantry team. 
And the people on this team would be organizing food and getting it to our families in need. Now, we've never had a food pantry before. She may be asking, why are we doing that? Well, we wanna let you know it's temporary. It's only for the COVID-19 season and it fits our development mindset. She's a church, we have a development mindset for serving, which says we don't wanna give handouts, but we wanna get in a relationship with someone where we can get to the root issue and both of us can experience restoration. And you know what development calls for in a crisis situation? Immediate relief. Of course, we wanna help people get back on their feet, but we can't do that until we meet the immediate need of food. So we are really excited about this unique way for us in this season to live out 1 John 3 through 16. And again, being on this team would involve organizing and also distributing that food, which will often go through community groups. So here's the clear action. I want to be abundantly clear about this. There's two actions. The first thing is, will you fill out the Google form and let us know what team you want to serve on? We can't guarantee your first choice, but we hope that we have so many of you guys filling that out so we can unleash the love of Jesus on our community during this time and truly be a public church. So number one, fill out that form. Number two, every single one of us can pick up an item for the food pantry. I mean, think about, here's the list. The list of things we need, pasta, pasta sauce, peanut butter, crackers, rice, boxed mac and cheese, canned veggies, canned soup, jelly, instant oatmeal, cereal, chips, biscuits, slash cornbread mix. All of us could be walking through Aldi, very safely, hopefully, and grab an extra box of pasta. And the time that you can drop it off is Wednesday and Thursday from 12 to three at our campus. I know that's a lot of details. All of that is already on our description on YouTube so that you can be a part of how we are gonna serve people and we're gonna serve from right where we are. So the goal is that we are unleashed to live out our vision, that we see through crisis and move to vision. And that begins with us serving people, not just in word and talk, as verse 18 says, but in action and truth. And as we do that, I'm convinced that Jesus will use our serving to do immeasurably more, to change lives and change eternities. So I'm gonna pray that that would happen. Jesus, I love you. I pray that you would give us the ability to see through crisis and move to vision. And I pray that as soon as we're done, that people would get on that Google form and they would fill it out and just may we just be unleashed on our community to serve people in need, just like you have loved and served us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So thank you guys for watching. I really hope that you'll join us on Wednesday at noon on Facebook or Instagram Live as we talk about connecting wherever we are. And again, I challenge you right now, as soon as this is over, get out your phone, get on the public church app and fill out this Google form so we can be a public church who serves. Love you guys.